0: I'm Tyler Miller, and you're listening to Sound of the Loons.
1: Morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm Steve McPherson. I'm joined by Callum Williams. Callum Williams.
2: I mean, I've, I've certainly gone by worse. I'm so, in. You know.
1: I'm <laughs> not in midseason form yet. I'm in preseason form. Callum Williams, and we are delighted to welcome goalkeeper Tyler Miller to the podcast. Tyler, how's it going?
0: I'm doing great. Just finished a good training session. Yes, and you bought a car. I you did buy out. a car. Nice new Audi SQ5. Feel like you're settling in. I do. I'm, I'm slowly getting my life together here in the Midwest.
1: It's, it's, uh, it's striking when you talk to guys, uh, you know, you get, you get traded, you get moved, you get signed or whatever like that. And you roll up and you're like, well, you find out, I, I mean, I didn't sort of, I wasn't aware of this when the team started in MLS, but you find out after the fact that guys are living in like a hotel for several months and you know, they don't have a car. And it like, it's, yeah, it's a lot of disorientation that goes into moving teams.
0: It is tough. I mean, when you get traded or, or you have to find a new team, a new home, it's, it's not an easy transition all the time. And uh, coming here, I was here for five days and then I was in Florida for two weeks and now I'm here for four more days and trying to find an apartment, find cars, uh, figure out the best neighborhoods to live in, talk to all these guys and question like, okay, what do I really want uh, out of my time living here? Uh, It's a a lot to ask when you don't have that much time actually in market. Mm What has it been like for you in the small
2: time that you've had here in the Twin cities? Have you been able to to go and see downtown, for example, look for apartments or, or what have you?
0: Yeah, so we're staying at a hotel downtown uh, right, right around the North Loop area. So I've been able to walk around there on the days that it's not zero degrees outside. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, I've, I've I've seen a few areas that I really like and enjoy, and so I've, I have signed a lease and found an apartment that I'm going to live in, and oh. I just, just got a car yesterday, so that's I feel like there's two major things that I've really uh, hit the na- uh, nail on the head and, and really can settle in now and, and try to start figuring out the little details of my apartment and the car and all that stuff. And so,
1: as uh, you walked around a little bit in Minneapolis, have you uh, found any? Sp- have you had good meals or anything like that?
0: Have you gotten to go out with guys or yeah. hit up any place that you were like, ah, oh, "I really like this"? So, so thankfully, I have been to Minneapolis one time before with oh, okay. the national team for the gold cup uh, while we're here, and I went to the butcher and the boar, oh. and it's it's one it's of my place. favorite spots. I was there for dinner last night, and then I also went to another spot uh, called Fema's yeah. downtown. Yes, and I and I know the chef there, and he makes uh, amazing amazing uh course of meals and have great drinks and so those are my two favorite spots so far but i'm looking forward to exploring and finding new coffee shops and other little restaurants
1: yeah Fema's uh david Fema, who, who runs that place he i know he works with the timberwolves and he's done yeah. stuff with with uh, target center for yeah. for food and things like that which is very cool so yeah
0: no he's a really great guy too
1: yeah and you mentioned coffee this is another thing this came up uh before you're you're a big coffee fan yeah. i understand um what do you do you make it yourself or do you strictly go to coffee shops?
0: I, I haven't gotten my own coffee machine to make it myself yet. Sure. So maybe that's the next step. But I, I love going to co- the coffee shops. I love the social aspect of it, getting to, to see people, meet people, talk to the baristas because they're the ones that know the, the local spots the best, I find. Yeah. And so when you go in there, it's just the opportunity to, to talk to somebody and really find out where the hidden gems are of the town.
1: Yeah, I really discovered that there are, you know, I had a regular old coffee maker for a long time. I had a bun, which I recommend. They're great. They're very simple. There's no clock. There's no anything. It's just straight ahead. And then I got into the whole like we we got a we got a French press, and we had a Chemex pour over. We got an Aeropress. Like yeah. we have very we have different options for what you're, kind of coffee.
0: You're a make. little scientist
1: in the kitchen. Yeah, the Aeropress <laughs> is my favorite so far. Okay. But I know Cal is also a big coffee fan and tea fan. His tea is tea, excellent.
2: yeah. A coffee in the morning, tea in the afternoon. That okay. tends to be. The way I roll, but also the talking of, of good places around the Twin Cities. Uh, Tyler and I actually bumped into each other rather unexpectedly just we before pre season. Um, we were at, uh, at an engagement party uh, at a, a friend of ours uh, and former Minnesota Thunder player Craig Malice. Oh, yeah. And, um, Uh, You know, all of a sudden, I'm just there talking to a few people, uh, enjoying the evening. All of a sudden, I feel these two big burly arms wrap around me. I'm like, who on earth is this? And and that was a good night. And you got to experience Brits pump for the first time as well. I
0: did, I did. I didn't get to do any lawn bowling, though, which I am very excited about going back in the summer and and testing that out. Okay, Well, we'll do a game for sure. Yeah, for sure.
1: As far as uh, like lawn bowling and and other sort of sporting activities, um, uh, do you get, are you very competitive when you do anything?
0: So I didn't think so, but last week we were down in uh, Orlando and we're playing a little beach beach volleyball three on three. Top, top Gun style, right? Yeah, of yeah, course, of course. <laughs> and we're playing with Gabby, uh, and she's a tremendous player. Tremendous player. She used to play in high school, and Natural just something took over where it was a very like close game, and I just started going to the net and jumping, and the ball would be going to Gabby, and I would just jump up and hit it from her. And I apologize to her because I didn't mean to get this <laughs> competitive, but we're playing against uh uh, Brent and uh, Dane and and one other guy and I'm just like no like I want to win this game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when the when when the chips are down you can you like this is fun we're just relaxing yeah. but then you you start getting into it yeah yeah I, I definitely feel that volleyball I loved volleyball in high school um, that was my favorite activity in gym um, and then <laughs> sometime later in life I was at a, a a retreat like a writers retreat and we we played volleyball there was like you know sort of sand courts out there and we all had a great time this night. Everybody but he's playing volleyball, and then the next night we're like, "Let's do it again." You know, like we had yeah. so much fun. The first time I, I hit a bump, like my I had like these bruises. I didn't yeah. really realize on my hands because it's like it kind of hurts, you know. Yeah. And I was like, I, "We can't do this again." <laughs> yeah.
0: No, if, if you if you're not hitting the ball right, it's definitely gonna, it's yeah. gonna leave a mark.
1: I was definitely not hitting the ball right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am not a trained volleyball player. Um, so another question I, I had for you is uh, I've I've done some research. It seems like you've had a wide range of haircuts. Um, just judging yes. by sort of
0: <laughs> that is true
1: <laughs> images I've seen on the on the internet now, and this comes from someone where I've had I've had long hair, short hair, I yeah. had a blonde mohawk. I've I've been through the paces as well. Yeah. is it something that uh, are you just a restless soul? Do you just feel like you need to change it up uh, fairly regularly?
0: You know, I just kind of go with whatever I'm feeling. Um... I had a haircut in LA that I that I had stuck to, and then for some reason I decided to bleach my hair. I thought it was cool. Uh, one of my other buddies, Tristan, he he did it as well, and I like I got to the point where I'm very low maintenance. Sure. And so like I was not gonna go back and keep bleaching the 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 roots, and then it grew out, and then I cut it, and I was just like, I can't I can't keep up with this anymore. So yeah. then I just buzzed it all off. And, and I look like I just got out of jail right um, <laughs> I think that was the first time I had buzzed my hair since fourth grade okay so start of fourth grade I was super self-conscious I always thought I was like dang I have a really big forehead <laughs> So I grew, up, I grew up my hair to try and cover it and I had that same haircut until senior year of college okay. uh, so it was a long time long time so that was
1: like the f- sort of floppy. Yeah, just floppy. Kind of, okay, Justin
0: yeah. Bieber. Like I had my hair on the side would like be wings. It looked like I was going to fly away like a little <laughs> floppy bird or something like that. And then uh, senior year, I was like, okay, let me get like a proper haircut. And I stuck with that for a few years. Bleached my hair, buzzed it. And now I'm now I'm growing it out. Now I don't know really know what I'm I don't you, know what I'm you've
1: doing. got you've got a good base coat now. I think you yeah. could go a couple different directions with it. Yeah. You know, like you got to sort of you got to cultivate the farm and then and then. I'm giving,
0: giving myself options. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. I feel <laughs> as though you need a,
2: a couple of different haircuts before you really understand what you're supposed to do. Uh, particularly when the weather is the way it is here in Minneapolis as well. I, exactly. I, it, it's just a little bit unpredictable. And Steve, I've got to say, your flow, by the way, is looking fabulous right now. Thank you.
1: I got a haircut this morning. So. Oh, is that oh, right? Wow. Well,
2: that's okay. Yeah,
1: enough. I didn't look great yesterday. So uh, it's got, it got a little bit, you know, it's, it, gets, it gets over the ears. and.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what I start to think of. Mm, yeah, yeah, maybe we should get this trimmed when it comes over the ears. But, you know, each to their own. I mean,
1: speaking <laughs> of moving and changing places, like finding that right barber, I feel like yep. that relationship yeah. is, is one that you sort of establish. Like, this is... this this is my go-to person um and then it's very difficult to change even if you stay in the same place you say you don't want to go to the same barber anymore i feel like it's breaking up with somebody (laughs) like you don't don't want to bump into them on the street and be like oh you're getting your hair cut somewhere else
0: it's almost like you're cheating on them it's like sorry i just had to move on (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, I, I go
1: to a place in Northeast called the Barber Sharp, which I started going to a little while ago, and it's very close. It's very easy. You can either walk in or schedule. I feel like I'm doing
0: an ad. I'm not, I'm not how, doing a read. I just How, like... how much do, do haircuts go for here? Because in L.A., I was spending close to $70 a haircut. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah.
1: I think on the expensive end for, for men's haircuts, I, I've gone as high as maybe 50 here. Okay. Uh, the the barber sharp it's like about half that um, but it's more of a barber less of a hairstylist. Yeah. it sort of depends on how styled you want no, to be, I, so. I like the barber yeah yeah a low maintenance I mean I think that when I went through my changing lots of hairstyles it was really it wasn't because I was high maintenance it was because I was low maintenance I would be like I'd do something and I'd be like I'm sick of this and I'd shave it yeah. I grow it out I'd do something different you got to figure out who you are right exactly yeah
2: it all comes down to you as a person um <laughs> <laughs> grooming tips. Grooming tips,
1: podcast. They, new leaf,
2: they, we, on they this did podcast. not think they'd be
0: tuning in for some grooming tips. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Um, as Steve was sort of alluding to there, just on the subject of moving around, um, what was it like for you moving to Los Angeles and, and living in, in what is such a fabulous city?
0: Honestly, I was super excited for it. Seattle was a great city, um, and I had a lot of great friends up there, and and it was a very welcoming environment, but there were times where I just felt I was so secluded up there. Um, It's not a place that many people are going to visit Uh, out of my friend group and once i moved to la everyone was for some reason all excited to come and (laughs) see me (laughs) Uh, suddenly they're crashing on your couch like they're they're they went all went to school in chicago it's cold in february and they're like hey can i come out to la or something like that and Mm -hmm. i was just like yeah sure of course you just want to escape the winter yeah but no i didn't mind it I, i actually really enjoyed living in la it was just a whole new world it opened up so many more opportunities for me i got my first chance to start and play um got a consistent run of games and it was just an opportunity to kind of explore what la is all about like mm-hmm. i grew up in a small city called woodbury new jersey and ten thousand people there like it's it's close to a lot of stuff in new jersey it's close to philadelphia which is a, a major market but i had never in my life thought okay, I'm going to be living in Los Angeles one day, playing in front of 22,000 people and living in a city of however many million they have there. And it's just, uh, there were times where I would catch myself on the field uh, before the game would start and just be like, wow, like I'm playing soccer in Los Angeles. Like This is a surreal moment for me.
2: I've got to ask you as well, watching from the outsides, the LA derby,
0: yeah.
2: a humongous deal um, to American soccer. What's it like actually being involved in it and playing in it and against the superstars like Zlatan Ibrahimovic?
0: I try to approach each game as it's another game, but it's there's no hiding it. It's in that game you're a little bit more excited leading up to it. There's a little bit more pressure every game and it's it demands a a higher attention. But it, at the same time, it's easy to get up for those games like it, it's the games where you're playing midweek and there's not many people tuned in Because uh, you're playing somebody who's maybe on the bottom of the table or something sure. like that that you really have to pay, to spe- pay special attention to um, But the the galaxy game the the Traffico, as I like to call it was was one of the most special moments I say I've had at uh, LAFC and and beating them in the playoffs was a very uh, exciting moment because we all talked about it, and it was so frustrating for us because from the outsider's perspective, I'm sure you guys saw, that we just couldn't get past that hump. And then when it finally came in the most important derby that we had with them, I think it was a very exciting moment for all of us in the organization.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you're saying the the, the thing about – those, those marquee games you sort of get up for those but it's a long season and there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of games that you can look at and just say well you know we've got to write that one off it's just where it's it, you know yeah. like and those are the ones that really can it sort of separates the teams that are really going to be trouble at the end of the season and into the postseason from other ones that was a thing that happened with Minnesota United last year where you know we sort of had this run of games that that to open the season, some success on the road, um, a, a little bit of a, a weird opening to Allianz Field because it was, it was very new for everybody. It didn't yeah. really feel like home field. And then I always remember this game uh, where the team went on the road against Montreal and we had a bunch of uh, depth guys playing, basically. It was like, a, we had I can't remember yeah. if it was international call-ups or what it was, but, you know, I sort of looked at that and I was like, well, we're not going to win this game. Yeah. And then they pulled it out and won it. And that was really yeah. one of the first times that mm-hmm. I remember going like yeah, this is more than just when we have our best players at home, we can play well. It's yeah. like you had not the usual starting 11 on the road and they pulled it out. And that's, I feel like that's a real test of a team.
0: It is a hundred percent. And I think that really shows up in the open cup a lot. Because yeah. A lot of times what I experienced, especially with Seattle is we put out uh, second team players or reserve players or even guys on S2, mm-hmm. the, the development team there. And like you're going into a game where we're playing San Jose or we're playing at Salt Lake. It's a really tough environment. You're playing at altitude and, and you don't have any ex- expectations of the team or, or whatever. But that's the thing about those games is like all those players get up for those games so much. They're so excited for that opportunity to finally show what that they have, what they have and what they can do for the club that I think almost sometimes it's a, it's an advantage to give those guys opportunities in those games because They've been working their butts off for that opportunity, and when they finally get it, it can go one of two ways. They either show up or or it's a tough tough time for them. But yeah. more oftentimes than not, I think that guys really show up for those moments and put in good performances that can boost the, the overall team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because the, the Open Cup is one of those things where that it's not a thing you – a lot of mainstream sports in America, we don't have this thing of like a tournament running sort of concurrently with the season. And so that understanding of, you know, when MLS teams come in, again, it's a really long season. People need rest, you know, players need rest just from that. You play a different kind of squad. But then as you sort of, if you get a couple wins, then it starts getting serious. And it can really build, I think that was a huge part of the momentum for Minnesota United last year was having success in the Open Cup um, at the same time as having success in MLS. And it started to feel like, oh, this is there is really something here yeah, so yeah five wins and you get to
0: lift the trophy yeah
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's as simple as that um i know you didn't play as much as you would have wanted to at seattle sounders but talk about that that moment when you you realized that that being a professional soccer player could could really be a reality for you tyler when, when was that and where were you and what did it feel like
0: um for me it, it happened in college uh my freshman year at northwestern i i had put in a, a really good season there and Um, we went on to win the Big Ten regular season title, and then we went on to win the Big Ten uh, tournament, and um, we were ousted by Akron in the first round, but then I just started to gain some coverage in the media and stuff like that, and then that next summer I had the opportunity to go and train with Chicago Fire, and working with the goalkeeper coach there and the goalkeepers there, Sean Johnson especially, like, I would compare myself, like, eh, every single session and i was like okay like I'm, I'm doing well i'm performing well and then i really started to to build on that and after to three summers of training with them i knew i was right there with those guys and competing uh and i knew that if i had my opportunity that i would be able to to really take off with it and it was just a matter of where i was going to get the opportunity and when seattle came along i was Very excited about it because obviously it was a historic club. They were doing well and one of the best attendances. And so, like, showing up to games were fun. And it really, it came in an Open Cup game, actually, where I hadn't been playing at all. And then first opportunity I get is Open Cup match. And I have a really solid performance. We win in penalty kicks. And I was like, okay, like, I know that I have the abilities to really perform at this level and also uh, be successful. Hmm.
2: I was speaking to the goalkeeper coach at Minnesota United Stuart Kerr about you yesterday And he said you have been first-class um, How much of a change have you noticed in your game from when you were first drafted to, to now here at Minnesota United? Especially after getting
0: the playing time at LAFC I've, good, I've, good question. Yeah. I like that <laughs> oh, I've, <laughs> Props I've noticed a ton <laughs> and I think a lot of it has come from my training habits uh, I used to be a perfectionist when it came to training and I thought like, okay, like if I'm trying to do everything perfect and if I'm like holding myself really accountable all the time, that that's going to be the best way for me to gain success the quickest. But I've slowly learned that that's not the correct attitude to have. It's it's okay to to try to be perfect and, and do your best. And that's like, I try to do my best at everything, but I also am realistic and I accept that there are going to be some days where I'm going to play terrible. There's going to be some days where I'm going to play great. And there's going to be a lot of days where I just have a consistent game. And if I can build on those consistent games and limit the mistakes that I make, that overall I'll be able to, to see this slow... Growth in my game, and that I'll be more successful in games when the mat- when the, when it matters most.
2: Mm. And and also, sorry, Steve, the, the, the other thing I, cheese really can to you talk stepping on you. sorry. Over here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, psychologically,
2: yeah. as a goalkeeper, yeah. uh, I I can't imagine what you go through during a game. Um, what are the differences, and how much of a difference is there from making a mistake? And then making a great save. Psychologically, uh, what is it like to go through that? And, and your, your confidence must go up and down so quickly.
0: Yeah. And that's something that I that I have gotten a lot from my dad and my parents is keeping that level head. Because this is something that, that my goalkeeper coach in, in L.A., Zach, he really helped me with. Because the mental side of the game is so much more important than the physical side. If you are mentally in the right space, you're going to be able to perform your job 99% of the time. Yes. So whether I made a great save or I made a mistake, it's that short-term memory of like, okay, you made a great save, but what is the next play gonna be? And being ready to make that next save, being ready to come out and, um, (coughs) excuse me, claim that next cross, that is more important than what you just did. And it comes with a mistake too. If I make a mistake, well, I made a mistake, can't do anything about it now, but I can help the team in the next play that I make, and that next play could be the difference between whether we win or lose that game.
1: Yeah, that's, man, there's so many things I want to talk about now. That, that, <laughs> I, that, sort of, that, that growth mindset yeah. idea, I think, is so, is so important, and it's a thing that, I mean, obviously, it's key – in, in sports and yeah. and for athletes, but I think it's key in so many oh, areas it's, of life. It's, it's key in life, Gerald. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that it's. And I have I have two daughters, and, an eight year old and a four year old, and it's one of those things that I'm constantly trying to sort of work on with them because, yeah. especially the eight year old, I I when I was younger was a perfectionist, uh, but also like a procrastinator yeah. and 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 sometimes lazy, and I think some of that came from a fear of failing because I wanted to do it right, you know, and that yeah. would lead me to not not allow a mistake to happen. And then as you get eventually you get older you realize like that's when you're growing. Is is those 100%. moments when you're making mistakes. And so to sort of yeah. try to work on that feeling of like it's okay. Yeah. Like you went out there and you tried, it didn't work out. Like what did you learn from that? And yeah. if you're just a perfection if you're just focused on what you did wrong, you're closing yourself off to the next thing that's coming along.
0: Exactly. And you're eating yourself up inside and you're never going to be able to move on and really focus on the things that are actually important in life. Yeah. And, Nowadays, the generation is all about instant gratification. Sure. You have Instagram, you have Twitter, you have everything at your two thumbs and on your phone, and you can post a picture and you can get likes and you feel great in that moment. But it's allowing kids, and I don't have kids, so I can't really speak to what it's like raising kids. Uh, But I know it's those moments on the field where I fail. I'm bummed out, but I see it as an opportunity to be like, okay, I failed let me try a different way yeah and I, if i fail that way let me try a different way it's it's more of like okay this didn't work so i'm gonna try this way that didn't work i'm gonna try this way it's a, it's a never i never really feel like i'm at a point where i'm like okay i've i've done it i've made it because i always feel like there's yeah things are changing and there's going to be new failures along the way mm-hmm. yes. and as long as you're allowing yourself to learn from those failures you're constantly going to be growing and becoming a better person
1: yeah i, I was talking to, to brent Coleman yesterday and um a great guy you know, i've known him since yeah. the since the team came into mls and uh, when i joined the team and um you know we're, we were talking about just the the challenges he's faced and uh you know he's you know he was suspended he's going through a suspension but wanting to come back stronger from that and i was sort of yeah. just asking him about about that process and he was saying that He's, you know, whether it's, you know, obviously he takes responsibility for that, but also to say that, you know, he's never, he's been, he, I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he said something along the lines of like, he's been blessed to never become complacent because he had three different coaches in four years at at Creighton and he, he's had to sort of prove himself again every year, essentially. Uh, And that, that has meant that he's always facing those challenges and that's helped him grow a lot, which is, that's huge. So, yeah. Yeah. Another question, slightly different, but uh, sort of along the same lines. I was curious. We talked a little bit about uh, this. is all very confusing because this will come out before anything that I worked on yesterday <laughs> at production day <laughs> will come out. But we talked a little bit about uh, the sort of the craziness of goalkeepers and what it takes to be a goalkeeper. Were you always a goalkeeper, like, or did you play? I mean, I'm sure every kid plays many different positions. Yeah. Like, when did you come to goalkeeping, and what what were you doing before that?
0: Yeah, so I started off playing on the field, and I uh, followed. I'm, both my older brothers, especially my better brother, Kyle, Kyle, he, he was a forward. And so I was like, well, let me try and be a forward. I want to be like you. I want to score goals. And got to be around like eight or nine. And I was just like on the bench one day. And I remember the day vividly still. It's weird. Like there was, there were ducks like flying over in a V formation. I was like, huh. And then the second half, I, uh, I talked to the coach and he's like, who wants to play goalie? And I'm like, sure, I'll try it out. Like, why not? And, Nothing happened the entire game, but I got to punt the ball. <laughs> I think like, that moment of like getting to pick it up and just kick, kick it as, as far as, 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 as I can, <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. So <laughs> from that moment, I, was, I just kept asking to play goalie, and, and it turned out that I was uh, pretty good at it, and I just kept working on it and working on it. And then eventually my parents, uh, they got me involved with uh, a goalie trainer, in the area and it just is something that I found a passion for. And my oldest brother, Jason, he played goalkeeper in high school until he got too tall for the goal. He's six, eight. So wow. he was literally too tall. To
1: like, oh <laughs> There's a limit. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but like, I was like, all right, like I'll, well, let me let me see what, what I can do. And, like, it was just kind of ran in the family of, of soccer and sports in general. And so, like, my parents, I'm super grateful to them because they fully embraced my passion for it. And they always told me, like, there's – we don't know, like, what's going to happen. You don't know – like, we support your dreams. Whatever you want to yeah. do, like, go out and try. Yeah. yeah. So that, that freedom that they gave me really allowed me to kind of pursue this to the fullest.
1: Yeah, having a support system around you is yeah. for anything that's not sort of just, you know – not to not to i don't mean to crap on lawyers but like anything that's just sort of like this is what you're going to do with your yeah. life it's like I, I started in music and yeah. went into writing and i've done a lot of different things and my parents have always been always been supportive of it and that's oh, yeah. that's
0: huge so you, when you try to force somebody to do something more often than not they do the opposite yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true so, it's true.
2: talking of, of support as well uh, perhaps from a, a different avenue and angle as you developed
0: as a goalkeeper who did you look up to i looked up to everybody i mean i would I would watch uh, Premier League most of the time, so I watched uh, Van Der Sar, uh, I watched Joe Hart. Um, I Obviously, I knew about Buffon and Serie A and all those guys, and um, Tim Howard especially. Uh, the, one of the first games that he got to play for Man U was against Barcelona in like a preseason friendly in Philadelphia, and I actually got to go to that game. And One uh, thing that I could... Uh, tell all the young goalkeepers who are listening is when you get the opportunities to go to games, get your parents to get you there an hour early. Go and sit and just watch how the guys warm up. The yeah. little things that they do, you can learn a ton from. A ton. You just see how they carry themselves and the drills that they're doing. And I would go and I'd write them down and like, I would go and, and, and take them to my goalie coach and be like, hey, can we work on this? I saw that so-and-so doing this. <laughs> so uh, that was something that really like sparked my interest. Uh, in the position itself too. Is Tim Howard the best American goalkeeper there ever has been? I mean, it's hard to argue with it. It's uh, The things that he's done with his career, I would, I would say that he's, if not the best, he is up there. I mean, he's got to be in every conversation and, yeah. and I don't really like to to think about who's the best or who isn't the best. I think that he's had an amazing career and I just like show a lot of appreciation for the things that he's done because he's taken a really difficult journey with going over to, to Europe at such a, a young age and, and the things that he's been able to do, with, especially with uh, his diagnosis of Tourette's Syndrome, I think is just a tremendous thing and it's inspiring to all young people out there who might be suffering from a similar illness.
2: He was beyond staggering for the U.S. national team. Where do you stand now in terms of the U.S. national team? I think you're, you're right on the cusp, are you? When do you expect that first cap to arrive?
0: I'm not sure. I really have no idea. And that is not anything that I'm focused on right now. My focus is 100% on Minnesota and doing everything that I can do every day in training to make sure that I'm putting myself in a position that if I am to be selected, it would be a huge honor. And if I do get that first cap, it would be a huge honor. But right now, I know that the only thing that I can do is focus on training each day, getting ready for our preseason friendlies in Portland, and then being ready for that first game. Great answer.
1: (laughs) Well, now that you've told us that you don't like to speculate and you don't like to rank things, I'm going to ask you to speculate about some some (laughs) great things. I'm just sort of curious because, uh, like, you know, there's an MLS every year. There's a lot of turnover. There's changes. You're obviously part of those changes uh, yourself. Um, How much attention you know, I think as, as, as people who work for the team, we have to be aware of these things and fans are tracking player movements and who's going where, how much uh, are you keeping track of things like that? Have you looked at, at other teams in MLS and thought like, Oh, well this, they got better that, you know, like this is, this is going to be a really challenging thing. Like if you were looking at the teams right now and you're sort of like seasons opening, like who do you see at the top of like, you know, sort of speculative power rankings, the top couple teams, you don't have to rank anybody by numbers, but I'm just curious who you look at and go, that's going to be tough.
0: Honestly, I have no clue. Okay, <laughs> I seriously have I no clue. I admire it. I I go <laughs> away from training, and I have been trying to figure out my life. <laughs> so like, I don't have time to be sitting there and Fair looking enough. at like who who's going where. Like, yeah. I found out yesterday at media day that one of my good friends got traded yeah. Walker Zimmerman and I I was honestly shocked mm-hmm. because I thought for sure there's certain players on teams that you're like there's no way this guy is expendable yeah and you quickly learn that soccer is a business just about and everybody can be. And everybody <laughs> everybody can be bought um I think that there's obviously a lot of great teams out there and I mean there's so many players that are coming and going it's I, I commend the people that, that actually do uh, break all of this news to everybody because there's a lot to, yeah. uh, of news to follow. But I, I just try to honestly uh, find other hobbies that, that help me because if I'm constantly involved in soccer and soccer and soccer uh, off the field, then when I get to, to training at times, it's easy to, to disconnect. Yeah, sure. And I want my focus to 100% always be on football. When I'm here, and then when I'm gone, I'll allow myself to to entertain my myself in different ways. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about that entertaining yourself in different ways yeah. then. Um, I also know you're you're a Game of Thrones fan. I am. Um, have you have you watched it multiple times? First of all, and have you found anything to fill the yawning chasm now that
0: it's over? <laughs> so I, I've only watched it once. Okay. And my my history with game of thrones is very complicated because i started on season four watched up to six and then went back watched one to three <laughs> okay and then four to six again and then i finished okay. out. so it was a really like my friends were into it first and then i got into it and then i had to backtrack um right now i'm actually watching a show called sex education
1: i heard about that uh,
0: yes it's on netflix uh i would recommend you be uh of mature age if you're going to watch it. (laughs) But but it's a very funny show. Uh, It's got a lot of, like, dry humor, and I I appreciate the dry humor um, because I think sometimes they don't intend it to come off as funny. Sure. And I I might have that, like, crazy personality that things that people don't find funny, I find funny.
1: So So, as far as... uh, you know, the one thing that comes up with talking talking to, to, to players a lot is, you know, you're spending time on airplanes, yeah. and you got that little screen in front of you. Yeah. Um, when you've got that little screen in front of you, are you looking for uh, a new movie or something that you uh, that you haven't seen yet? Is this a time to catch up, or are you just looking for something yeah. that's like, this is going to scratch an itch, that you know you want to see something?
0: Um, a lot of times, it's it's something that I've heard is good, Okay. Uh, but I haven't had the opportunity to watch it yet, and that's where I'll, I'll try to pass the time by watching that movie. Or I've been doing a lot of reading. Um on this flight home, uh one of our equipment guys, Sean uh Bigness, he uh sent me a little message and you could play like games like from seat to seat. So, sure. Like, we, were, we were playing this little I spy game the entire <laughs> flight home. <laughs> you gotta do something to pass the time of yeah, the, the, exactly. the planes. Yeah. It's, exactly.
1: It can be a little it can be a little brutal sometimes. Yeah. Um, so what was the, the, I have one other silly question for you. What was the, was there a movie that you watched over and over again when you were a kid? Uh, we were having a discussion about this in the office, like the other day, that these, you know, there's some movies, I saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off yeah. 100,000 times. I think once it came out on VHS, I would fake sick and stay home. And then my, my parents would ask me if I wanted a movie from the drugstore. And I always picked Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yeah. not really realizing maybe this would tip them off that I was faking sick. But, <laughs> but was there a movie like that for you that you were like, I just, I somehow have seen this movie so many times.
0: Um, there's not one that I can think of particular, but I, there is one that's sticking out to me right now that I remember very vividly and that's the big green. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a know. soccer movie and <laughs> all right. it was, super funny. My, my, uh, my mom actually gifted that to me. Uh, I think it was for graduating college or, or something along those sorts. It was some type of gift where she was just like, I want you to have this because it's, it's soccer and it means a lot to you and all that stuff. And like, Part of the of the the way it finishes is the goalie like envisions himself as like this master knight and all this stuff and it's just it's just a really funny movie if you haven't seen it and you like soccer I recommend you finding a copy of that and watching it.
1: So what what's the what's the age like? What is it a PG movie? Is a or PG like what? Is, it's like,
0: like it's a PG movie. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's basically like an older version of Kicking and Screaming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which sounds good. Also, is one of my favorite movies still to this day. Okay. <laughs>
1: These are good recommendations. Cal, did you have anything else you wanted to...
2: Uh, well, I was made to watch The Big Green uh, oh, okay. during the off-season by the wife. I guess it's some sort of American passage or pathway of some sort.
1: And Apparently, I have to I, get on this.
2: Yeah, I thought to myself, okay, well, all right, I'll be a good husband here and, and do the due, due diligence. And um, I, it, It's an interesting movie. Um, that's probably <laughs> the best way to describe it. Um, right. But yes, as Tyler said, if you haven't had the chance, yeah. uh, I recommend you, you watch it. But the, the movie that I can think of in terms of watching growing up uh, was GoldenEye. Um, okay. okay. Big James Bond. Fan Not like the video story. game, but the, uh, the movie. Both. The video okay, game great. I love that, <laughs> yes. love that video game. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's a great video yeah. game. Yeah. It was used to cheat with Oddjob with the spinning hats. <laughs> yeah. Because he was too small and you couldn't. <laughs> he get was him. shorter yeah. than all the other players, yes, right? Absolutely, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. That's my childhood in a nutshell. Right yeah.
1: There. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I saw an article that was, it was like on the anniversary of Goldeneye or something, and it was with the developers, and they were like, oh, Oddjob is a total cheat. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> anybody who yelled at you for using yeah. Oddjob? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, Tyler Miller, thanks so much for coming by. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us for the 91st Sound of the Loons podcast. Minnesota United is heading west to Portland for a preseason tournament at Providence Park Play game to play games against the Timbers, the Whitecaps, and the Revolution. I believe that's right. We're discussing the order, but you'll figure it out. So <laughs> um, be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating and follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC after we... Crapped on Twitter and Instagram, um, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, in Cal at CalWilliams.com, you can follow me at Steve Venturous. Uh Tyler, are you on? Are you on the Twitters?
0: I'm on the Twitters. I'm on TyMiller01.
1: Okay, follow him on Twitter too. Instagram, I'm sure we got all that stuff going yeah. on. So, apologies as always to Richard Wagner. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are.